Well, it's a big weekend for uh, Waukesha South and West high school graduations yesterday. A lot of festivities this weekend. What a beautiful day it was for the graduates. I'm glad it wasn't raining like it was this morning. What a gorgeous day it was yesterday. And those high school students will have just a few short months of summer transition. Who knows? Maybe a combination of work and play and maybe some travel in there somehow. And then they're going to begin their next adventure. And for many, that will be college. Just this week, I received my high school reunion notice. Help me, Lord, it's my 45th. (laughs) Wow. How did that happen? I don't even want to go there. I do remember my first day in college like it was yesterday. I remember meeting my roommate for the first time. I remember it very well. And I remember things were happening when I was graduating from high school. There was a religious cultural shift that was taking place. It was called the Charismatic Movement, which was blowing across the landscape at that time, not just the United States, but international too. It was a movement where mainstream, mainline Protestant denominations, and yes, even Catholics too, were adopting Pentecostal beliefs and practices. And it was much deeper than the physical signs that were being shown in worship. For example, praising the Lord with hands up and palms up in the air. Okay, coming from Grace American Lutheran Church, uh, formerly Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, formerly German congregation in Austin, Minnesota, uh, that was unknown to put your hands up in the air and do this and praise God. Okay, totally unknown. And it was deeper than just that, though. It was deeper than even uh, the physical sign of speaking in tongues. Uh, There was a large charismatic congregation in Minneapolis when I was in college. And uh, the entire congregation began to speak in tongues. Okay? At a certain point, everybody was speaking in tongues. And then... An individual stood up and began in the midst of that background of, of talk, of murmuring, that rhythm of sound. In the middle of all that, a voice came up and started to speak prophetically, just like an Old Testament prophet, about what's needed in this world, what's wrong with the culture, and where we need to go, what we need to do. And I could tell immediately that it was not prepared statements. It was entirely authentic and from their heart. Well, that was quite an experience for me. That was the first time I had ever experienced that. And then later on at North Heights Lutheran Church in St. Paul, which was the standard bearer for the charismatic movement among Lutheran churches, they would sing the same old Lutheran hymns that I grew up with but with at least one hand in the air. And if it was projected on a screen, then they had both hands up. Lutheran liturgy, okay? Lutheran songs, but they were adopting the practice of praising God with hands up. And many other things, too. 
I know that surprise is a part of the first day in college. It's not new. And it shouldn't be unexpected. But imagine my surprise when I met my roommate after some brief pleasantries. Uh, where did you come from? And answering the question, why did you come to this school? My roommate suddenly asked me, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? He had come out of the charismatic movement. Now, when I was growing up in my hometown, I had three years of confirmation during the school year, seventh grade, eighth grade, and ninth grade, weekly, Wednesday nights, every Wednesday for three years. Again, I mentioned it was a German congregation. The pastor at that time happened to be a German pastor who loved to lecture for the whole hour (laughs) and then test you. That's what my confirmation was about. I quickly realized, you know, I guess it's a long hour. I might just as well listen (laughs) and maybe learn something. It went faster that way. And I learned from my pastor the difference between transubstantiation and consubstantiation. That's the terms that were part of the Reformation debate about the body and blood, whether it was present in the bread and wine or with the bread and wine. Did it actually change the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, or was it with and wrapped around the bread and wine? Uh, That was a a huge controversy in Luther's day. The next time I heard those two words was when I went to seminary. (laughs) That's the kind of education I had. And so, my roommate asked me this question, are you baptized with the Holy Spirit? You know, I didn't ask the first uh, service, how would you answer that question? Yeah. And how would you answer it in terms of when? Because he was very interested in when. Could you name the day and the time that happened? Because that was an important piece in the charismatic movement. I could. And my answer was, I received the Holy Spirit in my baptism, which was July 29th, 19 yada, yada, yada. Oh, you could figure it out. Just do the math. My 45th is coming up, okay? You know, the answer didn't satisfy him. He was obviously looking for another answer. And frankly, I have to say, it didn't really satisfy me either. I think it was a nudge of the Holy Spirit to get me thinking more deeply about uh, my own faith and how willing I was to share it with some some people. And uh, my idea of going deeper... Ended up in the seminary four years later. (laughs) And at seminary, I was taught by Professor Richard Jensen. And he wrote an interesting book, uh, Touched by the Spirit, One Man's Struggle to Understand His Experience of the Holy Spirit. He's the only Lutheran professor I know of in all our Lutheran seminaries that actually had a charismatic experience of speaking in tongues and would talk about it publicly and wrote a book about it and how it happened to him and when it happened and how he felt about it afterwards. 
He's the only one that I know that actually, that I can think of, of all my Lutheran professors that spoke about it. And in his book, he wrote this. Understanding is not necessary. Only the acceptance of the truth. As Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Understanding is not necessary. You just have to accept the truth of the experience. And others agree with that. Charles Stanley from another uh, Christian denomination wrote in his book, The Wonderful Spirit-Filled Life. The Holy Spirit is the sap that runs from the vine into the branch. Does the branch understand the sap? No, it does not. But without the sap, there is no fruit. And I think it's a wonderful analogy for the Holy Spirit. We don't understand it. We often aren't even aware of it. But without it, we can't bear fruit. Once God touches us by the Holy Spirit, then there is no need to understand, is there? We've been touched by God. And what we need is simply the acceptance of the truth of that experience, the truth of that touch by God, and not continue to doubt it. Another uh, writer, Kathleen Norris, she wrote in her book, uh, Amazing Grace, which is a wonderful book. And she talked about a Catholic theologian, Catherine Lacuna. And she wrote this, One finds God because one has already been found by God. Anything we would find on our own would not be God. We are found by God. It's not like we have searched God out and found God. God finds us, and then we know, then we know, because God found us, that we've been touched by God. Anything else is not from God. That means there's nothing we can do, absolutely nothing we can do, without God first coming to us. And that's why God sent the Holy Spirit onto the church. That's why God pours it out onto everybody in baptism. So that then, and only then, can we know that we've been touched by God. And that touch of the Holy Spirit can be explosive, or it can be a really a slow burn. If you have 10 gallons of gasoline and you take a lighted match and throw it into the can, it's going to be explosive. You put the 10 gallons of gasoline into your car and through the engine, it will have a slow burn and carry you 350 miles. The day of Pentecost was an explosive event. The fire of the Holy Spirit came on them like flames and tongues of fire on their head. Thousands of people all at one time were affected by this one burst of power of God. 
But since then, while that still happens occasionally, since then, the Spirit uh, continues to work through a slow burn in the church, the people of God, through worship and through fellowship and through service and through witness. But in either case, you have to have the power of the Spirit, the fire of the Spirit. William Blake once wrote, Unless the eye catch fire, God will not be seen. Unless the ear catch fire, God will not be heard. Unless the tongue catch fire, God will not be named. Unless the heart catch fire, God will not be loved. Unless the mind catch fire, God will not be known. And so today, thanks be to God who gave the gift of fire, the Holy Spirit. Amen.